0: All right, hello and hello. welcome. Uh, I'm Heather and I'm Laura. We're a Sweet Sweet Death. Um, Whoo! So first, I told you like I really fucked up yeah. last week. I I misspoke quite hello. embarrassingly, and I'm I, when I was re-listening to it, I was like, why did I say that? Or what does that mean? Or I couldn't remember exactly where I'd heard it from. It sounded familiar. It's so okay." The female, or I'm sorry, the lady named Little Feather that rejected the Oscar on yeah. behalf of Marlon Brando. I accidentally called her Littlefinger. Oh. And I I was like, what does that mean? Why is that why does that feel significant yeah. to me? And then I'm like driving down the road one day from work and I'm just like i I'm literally muttering to myself, yeah. like Littlefinger, Littlefinger. And then I'm like, oh fuck, that's a character from Game of Thrones. Dude. Oh, His it? name is Littlefinger, and he's such an important character. And I was like, No. So funny. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed. It just came out of me. And I even typed it, Littlefinger. I knew it was Littlefinger. Oh, you it typed Littlefinger. It? Do you remember that time? That birthday cake? It it was supposed to be like, Happy Birthday, Uncle Steve. And you wrote, Happy Birthday, Uncle Jerry. and yeah, like we couldn't even find out where Jerry came no, from. No, we did figure oh. it out. We did. Because I was talking to my parents. And they were like, Hey, Heather. Have you been watching McMillions? And I was like, I Oh, have. yeah. <laughs> and then... Well, that wasn't how the conversation started. Yeah. Sorry, I said it poorly. But they were... I was telling them about, like... She was supposed to write Uncle Steven. She wrote Uncle Jerry. And I don't know why. And they were like... "Uh, Uncle Jerry... You know, we've been watching that McMillian show. I, I totally watched that because, that. because, like... <laughs> They say Uncle Jerry like so many times and I was like, huh, let me ask." And then I I didn't even say the Steve thing. I was like, "Hey, Laura, you've been watching that McMillions and you're like, "Oh, yeah, I wa- I've watched so much of it last week." Yeah. Something. And That's I was so like,
1: funny. I just I totally forgot about that. That's yeah, so funny. Yeah. Sorry.
0: I needed to <laughs> remind you of your failures, all of them. Uncle Jerry.
1: <laughs> so, so funny.
0: Yep. Um so I I called I said little finger and I'm just, horribly embarrassed because i'm gonna assume little feather was uh, you know is a good person yeah. little finger was a piece of shit in the show <laughs> he's such a devious little dastardly Were you man able
1: to change it or you just like leave mm, I it i could just... i don't know how to do that i'm yeah. like i just I'm... have one part where it's like feather yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like clearly not yeah Feather.
0: <laughs> um yeah i can i mean people i if they've heard the poor quality on this thing, clearly I do not know what I'm doing. Yeah, um, I can barely mute it. I can barely edit it. So um, it's the best we can do yeah. until we win the Powerball. we yes, up to us. I can't wait. Yeah, what have you got going on?
1: Um, nothing really. It's been working. I um, so I think it was like yesterday or the day before this. Um, as I like to say, hobo came in. And, oh yeah. Uh, as, I, as I'm
0: known to say. <laughs>
1: it was that day it was snowing, and he came in, and he's like, hey, uh, to, like, the girl up front, because I was standing there talking to her. He's like, I don't know if you remember me. She's like, yes, sir, I remember you. How may we help you? And he had, like, his hands like this, and, like, <laughs> like s- he had socks on his hands. Oh, my God. Oh. And he was like, yeah, I felt, like, so bad. It was just, like, cold out. He's like, I was just wondering if I could have some more food. Oh. And then we were like oh sure so then we just like walked to the back because christine was telling me he went through like the dumpster he's like yeah i ate 16 of those raspberry bars or something i was like oh my god so yeah he came back to like get some more food and stuff so we just were grabbing like random shit out of the fridge like a fruit cup i heated him up like a little fucking sausage biscuit oh cool all this fucking random shit and then um I told Michelle the next day, and the the manager Rachel was like, "Oh, we can't do that anymore. Like, they're gonna keep coming back, blah blah blah." So then Michelle and I were talking, and we decided we're gonna try and get like a little cabinet or something to put out yeah. there and put like dry food and like toothbrushes and just. Oh my God! Shit I'll there.
0: I'll give you some stuff. Yeah. Fuck so. yeah, because um, I like I always see stuff on sale, but it's like eh, like we don't you don't need that or like it's not really our snack food or like stuff that maybe we would necessarily always eat and i try not to buy like i don't know garbagey stuff but like you know if i see cheese it's on sale or pop tarts or something (laughs) but i i remember someone saying that something that people forget about is how hard it is um when you're homeless to to get protein and how if you can like Maybe that's what I'll do, is I'll try to find more, like, beef jerky or Slim Jim, something.
1: I don't ever think about the protein thing, really. But I would assume that they don't get it, since they're eating, like, fucking chips.
0: Yeah, like, because people, when people, like do give them something it's usually like something kind of junky so yeah. that's why it's like oh, i feel a little bad if i only got like cheez-its or pop tarts but like yeah maybe go for granola bars but definitely like some slim Jim hmm. or yeah maybe i'll beef try to find or, some, like, protein stuff yeah some, some maybe even idea. maybe even some nuts or something yeah. just something that like they probably wouldn't
1: that's what i was thinking yeah, actually get. when he came in because we had that huge thing of almonds i was like maybe yeah i should give him some almonds and i was uh-huh. like i don't know like that so yeah I was just like whatever So yeah,
0: maybe it's at least worth a shot yeah. maybe if he doesn't like it like he can you give it to somebody he knows yeah um oh i learned something about poisonous frogs and i'm like kind of embarrassed i didn't already know it and maybe even you've heard of it or known it i didn't realize that when Poisonous frogs are bred in captivity. They're not poisonous anymore. What? They're only poisonous because of the food they eat from where they're located. Huh? Yeah. So what? poisonous frogs, if you had some, like, it's like the golden po- something. Yeah. I don't remember. But it's, you know, from the Amazon somewhere. But if you it's bred in captivity, it gets all of its, like, toxins out of the local insects in the rainforest. Huh? So you can actually own... Like what? these frogs and not die. This when does not you... make sense to me? Yeah, because it's getting it from its diet. It, I never It knew absorbs that. all the toxins and it has something how does it in not it die? that <laughs> it. I, but it has something somehow that it it can doesn't, like doesn't huh. get infected by the toxins. That's interesting.
1: I never knew <laughs> yeah. that. Oh.
0: I I learned that the other day, and I part of me was like, did I already know this? But I'm like shocked right now. Like, how could I have not That's cool. known this? But huh. yeah interesting i learned something stupid the other day but it's like really stupid i can't i need to know
1: the taco bell off of dublin and powers yes. is the busiest taco bell in the u.s
0: shut the fuck <laughs> up <laughs> that is crazy because like, if Whoa. you work there like that's yeah you gotta feel good like man, <laughs> no, like we're the kings of fucking yeah, taco bell <laughs> literally they should probably demand a raise like yeah. first and I'd foremost i'd be like i
1: better get paid better than i <laughs> i wonder if they make more just what, you came there. <laughs> the what is again? that, dude? That's the cat. I thought it was like someone talking upstairs. Oh,
0: no, that's the cat howling because we're out here and they're in their oh. room to not bother us so like funny. they do. Dude, we have mooch locked away upstairs. We have the cats locked away down here, but it doesn't matter. Somehow they will fucking interrupt us, <laughs> dicks. Uh, we just need a bigger house. We have a shoebox house and with no real rooms for. <laughs> this type of thing. Um, Yeah. Oh, and then I was telling a girl to something I thought was so cool. So I bought John this book called um, drunk. Uh, I was actually heard it on the Joe Rogan podcast. He, (laughs) yeah, he wrote this book called drunk. Um, And he was talking about, how the first grains grown. Cause you know, we have this idea that like, Oh, we, we wanted to settle down. We learned how to, how to harvest grain and yeah. grow wheat, you know, this, this big accomplishment and it is, but like, they're pretty sure like a lot of evidence is showing that they're, they're like almost positive that all the grains grown, the first real grains harvested, were strictly for making alcohol. It was huh. not at all anything about eating. Because yeah. they were like, "There's, it's so incredibly difficult to extract anything out of this little grain that, like, it's not even worth it. Yeah. They would just go find something else to eat. Yeah. So hmm. that's what they that's think. cool. Yeah. yeah. Was for... To get fucking hammered. Like, that's... That was their main priority. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yep. Did you just get that watch? Or? No. Oh, no. It's a Fitbit. My mom... They got it for me for, it was my birthday or Christmas, it's covered in fucking frosting right now. I don't know if you can see, it's like all scraggly. Um, They got it for me and I feel really bad. It took me about a year to take it out of the packaging (laughs) and then wear it. Well, and then I had found it like after my surgery, but it was like, all I'm doing is sitting here. I literally can't do anything. So I was like, I refuse to wear this until I can walk again. So (laughs) It, it does... It's a good reminder. I like it a lot. Yeah, I need to start working out again or something. I bought that
1: fucking Apple Watch and then yeah. I literally wore it, I feel like, a week or two and then I just... Yeah. Yeah, I How come you wear. didn't... You just didn't like it? I just hate, like, the feeling because of, like, how square it is. Yeah. Like And, like, I just feel like I have a tiny wrist, so it's just, like... Oh, I feel okay. like it's just
0: always in my way, but maybe I'll just get used to it. I... Really like having it. I had actually thought to myself, like, I miss watches yeah. legitimately, and like, oh well, this is a Fitbit, so this is just as good. And I, I just, I always like having a. I've always liked having yeah. a watch.
1: I was actually while I was skating, I was like, man, I need a watch because I wanted to know what time it was, and yeah. I was just, like losing track.
0: And then, yeah, <gasps> wearing that, like, while you roller skate, dude. Yeah, It'll dude, tell me how many calories I've <laughs> It'll be like you were in the zone for twenty minutes, yeah. like. <laughs> You should.
1: Yeah, I should start doing that. I even remember doing, like, UPS. I'd be like, I need to wear my watch because I'm just, like, running stairs, like, all day long. And then I just, like, never Anyways, did. yeah. <laughs>
0: uh-huh. Oh, and, like, the other day, because, unfortunately, it's not waterproof. Um, oh. I do want to upgrade that for yeah. sure. That would make it a lot more convenient. Um, like, I can't wash dishes. So, at work, when I'm washing dishes, I have to take it off. But the other day, I left it and like the next day i had to go to work and i was like i was freaking out i'm like flinging the covers all crazy you know where you like flap yeah. it a bunch like i fucking know it's here so i was like flinging everything and i'm like where is it i'm like growling through yeah. the house i'm so angry so i'm like okay i just won't have it so go to work and then they're like whose is this I was like oh that's <laughs> mine <laughs> yeah So I threw a big fit over.
1: At least it was there waiting for
0: you. Thank God. Yeah, Hmm. but it is covered in frosting. It's here. Let's see if we can hear like.
1: Ooh, I saw (laughs) some fall off. You did. (laughs) Yeah, when I worked for that crazy Polish guy. I was so afraid to wear it because that's when, like, I got that wash, actually. And I was so afraid to wear it because there was just, like, so
0: much flour and And, bread. The dough, dude. It's bread dough. I was like, I can't wear this. Yeah. Um, Okay, speaking of bread dough, there was this hilarious Alton Brown when he talks about this time. When he worked in a bakery in Georgia, so it's hot, it's muggy in Georgia. he's making the dough, he realizes he forgot to put salt in the mix. So that the actual term is it retards the dough. <laughs> so they they have to throw it away. They can't just add the salt after yeah. or whatever. they need it incorporated yeah. to slow down you know the process of the yeast rising. So they uh, they throw it in he just throws it in the dumpster, just not even yeah. fucking thinking about it. And the time goes on, and he forgets, like, it's hot, it's muggy. That dumpster has now become a little yeah. a little proof box. <laughs> so it literally, the dough eventually grew out of, because there's oh no God, salt to yeah. slow the process down. Now it's, like, out of control, so then, like, this dough monster, like, blooms out of this fucking dumpster. And uh, he was like, do you want to know how they clean out all that dough in a dumpster he's like they take the dumpster away and replace it with a new one that's how they clean it <laughs> oh my god it's like wow i just completely wrecked that dumpster wow. it was like i don't know how what much happened fucking to it is that? i don't remember it was a significant yeah. amount wow. significant amount i because when i worked in knitters i Fucked up! I forgot to add starter to the dough. Yeah, and it was about a hundred pounds, and that was not nearly enough. Yeah. so it had to have been
1: like tons. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Eight hundred pounds of dough or that something. Be crazy. That's pretty funny though. Yeah, <laughs> very cool.
0: I learned about it when I saw Alton Brown live in Colorado <laughs> Springs at the Pikes Peak Center. I love how it feels when you like touch the dough after it's been growing like that. Yes. Light, mm-hmm. I have to make lasagna dough tonight, Ooh. but I have to hand roll it tomorrow. Wow. Um, yeah. So after this is done, I've got to brown meat and onions and make like the lasagna filling. That's fun. Yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. That reminds me. So I made like a little vegan mushroom stroganoff and like, it's one of my like favorite like little things to make. Mm-hmm. And my sister hates mushrooms. And like, she had texted me like, cause she'd been making dinner like the past few weeks or
0: whatever. I'm so sad for her. I love mushrooms. Like, yeah, so
1: much. I know. And so I was like, she's like, what do do we want for dinner? Like, what do you want to make? And I was like, I can make mushroom stroganoff, like trying to be nice. Well, then like I got home. It was like literally like 620. I put on my show because I wanted to finish it. And she gets home and I had like three minutes left. It was like almost 630. And she just like walks through the door. I can hear her. She's like, it's not even started (laughs) yet. She was just like angry. And I guess she's like starting like this little diet. She's like fasting all day. So then she's like, I'm hungry. Like I've been waiting all day to eat, and like I to, 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 like I can start it now. <laughs> Jesus. She's like, I don't even like mushrooms? Like this is gonna be nasty." She's just, like complaining god the whole it. time. Yeah. So then, like, I make it, and then like, as like after I finish like the sauce and everything, I'm about to start the noodles. She like comes up and she takes like a bite. And then she just like, mm. and she just keeps like eating it, eating it, eating like, it. She's like, "This is so bitch. amazing. This is so amazing. This is the best thing you've ever made." Like just saying all oh this. Oh my crazy god! Stuff. <laughs>
0: Probably because she was starving to death. I thought it was funny when I told her.
1: But, yeah, I just thought it was so funny. She was, like, fucking hating everything. And then she's like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. But, you
0: know. Don't you hate that? When you're, like, having the worst day. You're being just such a fucking bitch to everybody. (laughs) And then someone does something so nice for you. And you're just like, well, gosh, thanks. Yeah. Sorry I made your life miserable for the last hour. (laughs) Um. I I think she was just really really hungry and could forego the mushroom. Does she like not like the texture or taste? I don't know. I guess she doesn't like just the taste. I don't know. Raw mushrooms I think are terrible. I hate them. I don't like the texture. It's like weird. It's too spongy. It's got to be cooked. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I love mushrooms though. Yeah, cooked mushrooms. She doesn't like potatoes. She doesn't like peanut butter. She doesn't
0: like potatoes or tomatoes. Oh my (laughs) God! I was like, what? How does she? What does she even eat? I know, right?
1: (laughs) No, she loves potatoes. Right tomatoes. On. Tomatoes. Sorry, confused. Okay. My. Did
0: <laughs> she try to? Did she try to heirloom tomatoes? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe Only because like, t- like the red tomatoes you get at the store are so flavorless. So, yeah. And like, I did learn that they pick them green so that they're safer to transport. So they're not. They're not ripe when they mm-hmm. pick them, and they're definitely not ripe when you get them because I think they just finish ripening when you pick them. But they expose it to like ethylene or something like that. It's some chemical or you can find it naturally, I think, in like apples and stuff. But it basically artificially turns it red. Hmm. So like tomatoes in general have like a pretty shitty flavorless taste. Yeah, it's just like taste. But like if you buy heirloom tomatoes, like they're delicious or like bursting with flavor. They're so expensive. But I don't know, maybe see if you can like trick (laughs) her into eating some heirloom tomatoes or something. Yeah, try this.
1: You'll love it yeah mm-hmm. just like those that olive thing i hate olives but those ones you got from where yes. oh, that's really good actually
0: yeah well again because like we're all used to like these black like weird yeah. tangy um really sharp salty olives and like no they can be delicious well like do you even like kalamata olives Mm-hmm, yeah. I don't think so. The green ones? No, they're like a purple, kind of like a deep. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> you like <laughs> repelled away. Yeah. Um, but the, because I had it in California, there's this place in, I think it's Ontario, but it's all old school. They don't have like any modern equipment. They use the same equipment. They've been using no. the same equipment for like, I don't know, a hundred years or something or over that. They don't have, like, a register, like, a POS system. They just have, like, everything's handwritten. It's crazy. How is everything not broken? <laughs> I, I don't know. But, like, they're so successful at it because people come and just buy their olives. Like, no. they run out of yeah. olives. Oh, that should have been the point. Because they think <laughs> that's the first place where I had those kinds of olives because they ripen them on the tree. Oh, And here they don't do that because the more you can, you know, yeah. the faster you pick them, the more it will grow. So they let it ripen on the tree. And it's, like, oh, wow. such... A mellow flavor it's mm. amazing it's nice oh i just remembered something that weird that i
1: guess uh, not that weird but that subway that's like right over here in area i don't know which direction it is mm-hmm. but um i went there or whatever for lunch like two days ago or something like that and there's like this really weird like eccentric guy there like he had, like, tattoos everywhere, and then it was, like, he had his pants, like, sagging really low, and mm-hmm. then, like, he looked like he would be in, like, a fucking, like, in My Chemical Romance or some shit. Like, that's what he looked like. And then, like, he just Don't was, like... do you dare besmirch <laughs> the good
0: name of My Chemical Romance. I do Romance. Love My Chemical Romance, How but da- it was, he <laughs> had
1: that, like, black hair, just, like, he just... It just yeah. super emo. Yeah, very emo. And then, like, uh their, like, register went down, so then, like, everyone in the line was just, like, building up. And then he's just, like, one of those people who just loves to talk. Like, he was just, like, talking and talking, talking about, I was in three bands, like, and this and that. Oh, and, no. like, just, like, going on and on. And my last name's Foloni or some weird fucking shit. And just, like, all these random facts. And it was just, like, one of those people I was, like, so exhausting to talk to. I was, like...
0: They like, find
1: you, Laura. Yeah. They find He's like, you. you should do your hair in Liberty Spikes. Like, just, like, saying the craziest oh, shit to Your mom should like, do yeah. the
0: hair and Liberty Spikes. I
1: was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but, yeah, he was just very bizarre. But I got a free sandwich because their fucking system broke down. So oh, I was like, fuck, God. yeah.
0: Oh, he. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. He worked there. Yes. Oh God, you had to talk to yeah. him. Yeah. I thought you meant like some He's dude like, hanging out in front My favorite sandwich store. is tuna with the
1: creamy sriracha and lots of jalapenos, and just like going <laughs> on. And I was like, okay, uh-huh. yeah.
0: Ah, uh, he was probably just like super high.
1: Yeah, I maybe mean, probably
0: because. You know, I smoke during this and I don't (laughs) shut the fuck up. Like I feel so bad when I go back. When
1: I used to get high I felt like I would talk a lot. Like honestly. Like just
0: Just ramble. And it depends on like what I'm doing, but it can like weed can give me energy and it's it's a lot of fun. So like when we game, absolutely, like I am smoking marijuana. Yeah. Um Oh, I know we're we gotta probably start yeah. soon. But, like, I did go to that Van Gogh thing. Oh, yeah. I did enjoy it. Uh-huh. I wouldn't do it again. Oh, really? <laughs> I, like... It was just like a I People are, like... I, I don't know. I feel like this is one of those things where, eh, maybe I just didn't get yeah. it. You know, that's fine. I can accept that if I was just too... I don't know. I'm not introspective yeah. enough or whatever to appreciate this amazing work of art of Van Gogh with music. Yeah. But, like, it's only a 35-minute loop. Oh. And I thought that was kind of lame for the price i think i thought there was more to do and it's literally just two rooms that you can walk oh. between and sit in and that's it oh wow and it's music matched up with um with the imagery and it is very beautiful it's like i at one point i got goosebumps i was like oh that that was like so powerful and like strong and but then it was like, oh, I guess. Well, I guess that was it. Okay, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought there would be like maybe a few rooms to walk through, or like maybe sorry, uh, maybe even like artist interpretation or yeah. inspired Van Gogh works or something mo- like with a modern twist. And it was it was just that. That hmm. was it. So yeah, that was some kind of like uh... Yeah, I'm not saying don't go yeah. see it. You might really enjoy it. But you know, we're, we we po folk, and I don't really like uh, spending that much money on just like.
1: Yeah, it's like, if you're spending that much, you should feel, like, really good when you leave,
0: not, like, kind of, like... like, oh, that was so worth it. That was so great. I'm thinking of concerts I would have loved to have gone to, but didn't have the money for. And it's like, I I probably would have rather have gone and done that. Um, Hmm. mm
1: -hmm. Well, that makes me feel
0: better about not being able to go.
1: (laughs) You really need to go to Meow Wolf, though. Dude, I literally told
0: John, I was like, dude, we passed Meow Wolf to get to this fucking thing. Like, (laughs) we should have gone to Meow Wolf, Yeah.
1: And that's, like, somewhere you, like, can literally be in there, like, five hours. Yes. Dylan and I were in there for, like, four hours, and we didn't even see everything. Like, I left, and then I saw people pushing online, like, other rooms. Yeah. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah.
0: So. The one in Vegas. I know we didn't see everything. Yeah. I know we didn't. Like, we tried to, but it was like, I don't think it's possible. Yeah. Oh, shit. Did, there were, were there slides, are there slides at this one in Denver?
1: Like, to like, slide yeah. down? No.
0: Oh, okay. So the, the one... In Vegas had it. It was actually really impressive. They had, like, little weird glider things that you could ride on. It was crazy. But I'm, like, I'm bigger, and my knees are all fucked, and I hadn't had surgery that long before ago. And then, so, like, getting into the slide, I panicked. At one point, I was, like, I can't do it. (laughs) And the woman was, like put your foot here not like put my foot and i'm like oh oh thank you That's <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing dude it was like people are so watching funny. me like oh my god this fat lady cannot get on this slide <laughs> that's funny yeah well we should probably yeah, get to it get... it gets too long yeah so yeah. did you want to go first yeah, did you go
1: first last? I did. Yeah, I'll yeah. just go first because, yeah. I actually typed up my story, so hopefully I don't... I hope it goes
0: well. And then if you need to, there's illiterate. a pen there if you want to cross sections All off right. that you've
1: completed. I don't know where to put this. Okay, this heat feels so nice. I just want to be closer to it. Oh, shit, okay. I'm like...
0: I was worried. Oh, so I, we have to turn the heater off, so I put this artificial little like <laughs> heater fireplace. I was so nervous you'd be like, sweat it out or something. No, I love it. Oh, thank God. Cool.
1: Because you know me, I used to lay in bed with a hairdryer, so. <laughs> Oh, shit. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> My mom bought me one of those, like... Like, when I went to the hospital, they had one of those things, like, the bed warmers. Yes. She bought me one of those, and I just lay in bed with it. And it's, like, so... It's, like, a mini one, but, like, yeah, I lay do- in bed with it until it, like, starts freaking out. It's, like, me meh, <laughs> beep because I think it's, like, overheated or something.
0: <laughs> do you, um, do you at least have an electric blanket?
1: No, it's not the same. Like, it's not the same. It's, like, just, like, that, like heat blowing on me I don't know because like I feel like with an electric blanket it's like too hot like surrounding me but I just like it like on my legs on my feet yeah so, I don't know so I'm weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right <coughs> anyways um yeah so I'm just gonna say my sources first so I don't forget but mm-hmm. I got I'm doing the um lynching of Jesse Washington have you ever heard about it Mm-mm. It happened in Waco? Is that how you say it? Texas? Oh, yeah. I thought it was interesting, because it's kind of like Texas, since I never got to do Texas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Is everything okay? Yes. Sorry. It started, and then it stopped. Okay.
1: Okay. So, yeah, I just typed in, like, um, I saw, like, a Wikipedia, whatever thing that I looked at, and then there was an NPR article called Waco Recalls 90-Year-Old Horror, and then The Lynching of Jesse Washington by Patricia Bernstein from... Um, org. So, I guess they have like a
0: whole oh, like website, God. just yeah, horrible. It's depressing website, yeah.
1: I feel bad. Well, like, since I usually do murders, like, this is what I'm gonna do for like the whole you know, Black History Month mm-hmm. thing. But also, I had saw something where it was like during Black History Month, like, uh, I feel like people only like recognize like black people for like horrible things or like, yeah. racism, stuff like that. So, yeah, I feel bad, but
0: I think mine might be it's a little more, bit more yeah I was like, yours is
1: like jazz so yeah sorry spoiler if alert that. laura <laughs> <laughs> so i'm not trying to only recognize the native things but since i do murders that's yeah okay anyways so um obviously yeah as i just said i'm gonna do the um, lynching of uh jesse washington he was 17 years old and it was in 1916 um it's also referred to as a Waco horror because of just how horrific it really was. Um, I found a quote from the county commissioner of Waco that um, he had said, it's a very ugly part of history that he regretted happened, but as far as him coming out to apologize, well, he had nothing to do with it. So hmm. I was just like, wow, mm-hmm. that's really horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, I, I Um, it's May 8th, 1916, and a lady named Lucy Fryer is found in the doorway of her seed house, which I looked up what a seed house was, and I guess it's just, like, a storage building for cotton seeds that were extracted during the, is it called ginning or ginning process? I I feel bad, I don't know. I didn't know what a seed house was, so I was like, oh, yeah, she keeps her seeds. But yeah, it was just, like, for (laughs) cotton so, I'm um, here she was bludgeoned to death in the doorway, her skull was bashed in, and her clothes were disheveled, and they, like, believed she was, like, raped because of the way her clothes looked. Um, she was the wife to George Fryer, they were both English immigrants, and they operated a cotton farm, and they were well-respected in the community, and they'd been there a while now, and everyone liked them, and they... Or it's like I guess like a small kind of town area. I think it says it was in Waco, but then other things I was reading it was like I think like a smaller part, maybe Yeah, near, like right 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 right. a qu- not quite Waco, yeah. but basically Waco. Yeah. So um Jesse Washington was a seventeen year old black man or kid, I don't know what you would want to call him. He was almost eighteen, but he's yeah. still like you know, seventeen I say years kid. old. He's yeah, kid. that's how I feel like Um, He was arrested for killing 53-year-old Friar. He was branded as feeble-minded. He couldn't read or write, and um, apparently he later confessed to the murders, and he signed court documents with just the letter X since, you know, he couldn't. So he didn't even know, like, what he was freaking signing. But um, in many other articles I read, it also said that he was, like, disabled maybe or had some kind of, like, handicap, so they're not really sure, but I just don't think he was, like, all there maybe. Um, so, him and his family were actually, like, new to that area. They'd only been working on the Friar farm for five months up until that murder had happened. Um, they immediately focused their sights on Jesse because he'd been working closest to the house than anyone else that day. And they didn't mention, like, anyone else being a suspect. And, like, obviously because he was black and then disabled or being a stranger. That's, like, the top three things why like people were tar- targeted usually. Yeah. And just, like, that guy and william and the last story story before so yeah so he qualified for like all three and um so that same day like investigators traveled to the home and they found him and he was wearing like blood-stained overalls and he claimed it was from a nosebleed so they took him and his family all in for questioning and they all were released except for jesse um so, apparently, after his arrest, he told investigators that it was him. He had killed Lucy and that he had hidden a blacksmith's hammer and weeds and brush at the end of some rows he had been plowing that day. And at his trial um, testimony, they said that the um, hammer was covered in blood and cotton seed lint. So, yeah. um, his confession was signed at the time, despite him not being able to read or write. So, yeah, as I said, he didn't really know what he was signing, but... Um, interestingly, like, enough, people were more released, um, when they released, like, the details of the murder and stuff in the newspaper, that Lucy had been raped and not, like, really that upset that she was murdered, but more, like, they were just really focusing on that rape. Yeah. And, like, I mentioned it later, but they really made, like, the rape, like, they were, like, she resisted, and, like, they just, like, really dramatized it, made it seem like this horrible, like, yeah. fucking story when they really didn't have that many details about it. Yeah. So, um... And another thing, I guess they didn't mention like the rape at all in the trial though. So, huh. yeah, and oh, that's um That's so weird. Yeah, so and the doctor who was in the trial or whatever did testimony and um did the autopsy mentioned that um she had like skull wounds and that had um she'd been killed by blunt force trauma to the head, but yeah, he didn't say anything about like rape, anything like that. And then there was this woman named Elizabeth Freeman, and I guess she was like like, I could do, like, a whole other story on her. She, like, did a whole bunch of cool stuff and stuff like that. But um, she worked with the, is it NAACP? Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Okay. Yeah. Um, To investigate this lynching. And she concluded that Lucy was probably not raped. And then, yeah, obviously, I don't know if everyone knows, but the NAACP just worked to, like, eliminate racial discrimination through, like, the democratic process. And um, she actually did conclude that, like, washington killed fryer she did believe that he killed her but you know obviously he didn't deserve to be like fucking brutally murdered the way he was so
0: yeah
1: um so after his confession they were afraid that people of um waco would try to take action themselves and like you know storm a fucking jailhouse so they moved him to hill county which was like near dallas or in dallas or something like that um and while he was in hill county He was questioned again by Sheriff Fred Long, and this is where they told him, um, or this is where he told them, like, about that whole, like, um, blacksmith hammer thing, all of that. He said that, um, him and Lucy had gotten into an argument over mules, and when he told them where, um, or, and then he told them where, like, what the murder weapon was, and then they went and got it, um, and then that's where he also, like, signed the confession and everything like that, I guess. Um, so... After he did all of this, it was, like, in the paper the next morning. It dramatized, like, everything. So, everyone was, like, reading it, just, like, freaking out. Like, immediately wanting to, like, lynch him. Yeah. So, um, I guess, too, like, the doctor had concluded that Lucy died before, like, anything even happened. Like, if she was assaulted, I guess they couldn't tell then. But, um, he said, like, she would have died, like, immediately after her Mm -hmm. head injuries. So, um... After the newspaper was released, an angry mob did swarm the local jail in Waco, but they didn't find Washington because he wasn't there. So it was like a good thing that he was sent to Dallas. Um, And then I guess Lucy Fryer was also buried that same night at like a private funeral just with her like close friends and family. So on May 11th, a grand jury was assembled and the trial was scheduled for May 15th, just like a week after the body was found. Which is, like, pretty crazy because now it's just, like, years before, you know, I feel like people go on trial. But I guess they did this just because they were trying to avoid a lynching, which, like, ended up happening anyway. So yeah. So Washington was represented by six very inexperienced lawyers, and they didn't even speak with him until the night before the trial. And they just, like, when they did talk to him, they were just like, oh, like, we think you should pray. And that was it. Like, they didn't. They didn't talk to him about anything else. So um, thousands of people flooded the courtroom. They literally said that like almost it was like 2,500 people packed themselves into this courtroom. Like it was like crazy. Like they like said they didn't even know how many people fit inside. Like there's people like in the rafters. Just like crazy stuff. Uh, Yeah um so and they just wanted they were actually there they said because they were getting they like wanted to kill him they didn't even care about the trial they were just like everyone was like gathering there because they knew like this is what was going to happen so as tensions grew um they like were like we need like more policemen the governor was like or um, someone suggested they call the governor because they are like, we need to get the National Guard here. Like, this is going to get fucking crazy. Yeah, no kidding. But I guess the sheriff at the time um, was in the middle of an election against a guy named Bob Buchanan. I think that's how you say it. And in hopes of wanting to win that election, uh, Fleming, the sheriff, took no action to prevent the lynching of Jesse Washington because he wanted to get, like, good ratings or
0: whatever yes. the fuck. Yep. Yeah. It's typical.
1: So, um, Jesse's trial went, like, you know, as he, ima- as you would imagine, uh, his lawyers did nothing to defend him, they never once challenged, a, um, a juror, and they had no opening or closing arguments, um, the jury was made up of 12 white men, they deliberated for four whole minutes, and the entire trial lasted, like, about an hour or so.
0: What the fuck? Yeah, it
1: was, like really fucking rushed and they found him guilty obviously so
0: yeah four minutes yeah
1: i'm like holy shit yeah so as soon as the jury found him guilty washington was grabbed by the mob like everyone in the courthouse they drug him down the back stairs of the courtroom and like this is about to get like really kind of horrible well not kind of it's like horrible so like trigger warning if people don't want to hear this but um so he tried to fight back apparently like They said that he had, like, bit a man or something like that. But then they just, like, started, like, beating the fuck out of him. Um, and then I think at that point, like, he probably was unconscious or something. Who knows? Um, they drug him through the alley. The mob began tearing his clothes off as they were dragging him. They wrapped a chain around his neck. They drug him into the town square. They were beating and stabbing him along the way. Oh, my God. By the time they got to the square, he was completely covered in blood. Um... (laughs) So, I guess spectators were watching from their cars, buggies, windows. They even were, like, climbed in trees to watch as he was violently lynched. They threw the chain around his neck over a tree branch. Then they poured coal oil over his body, and they lit a fire beneath him. And then members of the crowd were amputating his fingers, what the his toes. Fuck? They were ripping his fingernails off, all for souvenirs. Ew. Um, there was even people who... Uh, said someone took his, like, genitalia. Oh my god. And there was reports that people had, like, kept these things in, like, formaldehyde to, like, show to people, like, over the years, like, oh, look what I have. and Jesus. Yeah, just horrible. Um, So then they lowered him in and out of the flames, like, over and over again, would, like, pull him up, lower him down, pull him up. And he's, lower- like, still alive yeah. at this point. Yeah, and they did this, um, they said it took about, like, two hours until his body was, like, pretty much burned like all that was really left was like a charred torso and oh my god dude then then they took his torso oh. they tied it to a horse and they drug no. it through the town
0: what the fuck is it with this shit yeah
1: man? and i'm not sure what would have been left but they took whatever remains were left to robinson where they publicly displayed them like they hung them from a telephone pole until he was buried in a potter's field that day if there was even anything left to bury so
0: holy shit i yeah can't believe like just flat full-on torture yeah like like ripping him apart
1: pulling him in and out of fire like oh so horrible yeah it's really disgusting i was just like ugh And I guess um, they said that like at its peak, the crowd consisted of fifteen thousand people, like maybe even more. And despite lynchings being illegal in Texas at the time, the mayor, the chief, and the chief of police were there. Um, There were even children in attendance because I guess like at this time, parents believed it was like a rite of passage. And oh, great! There was a man there named Fred Gildersleeve. And he had been at the um, lynching at the request of the mayor, and he photographed the entire event. And oh. I guess it was kind of a rare thing, um, because usually it was, like, there was pictures of, like, the aftermath. But this w- they had, like, pictures, like, ongoing, like, that. from beginning to end. Did you? I have some. Like, if you want to see them, it was I kinda, really disturbing, dude. Okay. It was making me ill just look at them, like, oh, like, it's, yeah, it's horrible. Like, and it's, like, I feel like. There has to be, like, some people who were like, yeah, my grandfather or great-grandfather yeah. or whatever was, like, involved in this. But nobody talks about it because it's like, why would you right. want to? Yeah. Um. So, there was even... So, this guy was taking pictures, right? Then he started to make postcards with the images and, like, sell them. And some of them, like, there was one, I guess, in particular that had, like, a whole bunch of kids surrounding the body. Ooh. And apparently, like, the town asked him to stop selling them because he didn't... Um, they didn't want that to like characterize their town so
0: um it really should
1: yeah i was like oh yeah that's what you're worried about so um yeah surprisingly like enough though i guess this was like really condemned like nationwide and like many newspapers were like writing about it and just talking about like how disgusting they thought this was like because um and i'm
0: so sorry what year is this again
1: 1916 okay yeah so it was like I think it was like probably like a hundred years now or something or yeah. ninety something like that. So, um, that lady I mentioned earlier, Elizabeth Freeman, um, she was sent to Waco to obtain all the details of the lynching for a story that was going to be published in a magazine called The Crisis, and it was actually edited by um, an activist called I think it's just like W.E.B. Du Bois. Yes, know. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's absolutely him. Yeah, yeah,
1: um. Yeah, and he was, like, one of the founders of the NAACP. He protested against Jim Crow laws and discrimination in education and employment. Um, So she was able to obtain those photos taken by Gildersleeve. And then she took all that information back to New York where they published – it was actually the first special in this magazine, The Crisis. And it detailed, like, the horrible events that happened. And they even put, like, the photos in there. And then they mailed copies to everyone in, like, Woodrow Wilson's cabinet – And then to every member in Congress and to, like, newspapers throughout the country. And six years later, um, Congressman Leonidas Dyers, he, um, or Dyer, he made, like, an anti-lynching bill. And it was passed in the U.S. House of Representatives. And um, it was needed, obviously, because, like, nobody would punish people who were involved in lynchings in their local communities like even if they knew who they were so this bill was like basically like you'll be fined if uh or imprisoned if you're like an official and you're allowing this to occur since yeah. yeah and then um it actually was passed three times but it never became a law due to the senate's um denial each time so yeah and then in 1995 A black city councilman from Waco named Lawrence Johnson was in Memphis at a civil rights museum. And he saw a photograph of Jesse Washington. And he was like, who is this? And he was like so enraged, I guess, because he'd never even heard of Washington, even though he grew up in Waco like all his life. Mm So in 1998, while he was sworn in for his fifth term he read, like, a contemporary newspaper account of the lynching, so. And then in 2002, I guess there was a mural depicting Waco located in the basement of the Washington County Courthouse, and it was repainted, but I guess the mural had included, like, an image of the lynching tree, and it had just a rope hanging from it. And I guess the artist had died, but no one knew, like, why she painted that. Like, mm-hmm. if it was to kind of, if it was, like, recognizing, like, Jesse, or if she it was just kind of, like, oh, this was, like, part of the history in Waco or, yeah. like, whatnot. So it was kind of interesting. And then um, finally, 90 years after this happened, a group of Waco citizens stood on the steps of the Washington County Courthouse, and they read a resolution of apology for the lynchings that had taken place in the central Texas City. And then I have the pictures if you want to look at them. I
0: kind like, of – like, I do and
1: I don't. Yeah. They're kind of, like, shitty because oh, I printed them off, but... Okay. And they're from, you know,
0: 1916, but it's really disturbing. Oh, my fucking God, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. I think what's, like, it just, like, the look of... Yeah. Even that photo where all
1: those men are just standing there, like, staring, just, like... They just like, look,
0: like, like, so accomplished. Yeah. Like, we did it, boys. And that's
1: what they said is that the crowd was cheering, like how you would hear people cheer at like a baseball game like
0: fucking nasty dude yeah i'm sorry
1: yep that was just the horrible lynching of jesse washington i'd never heard about that before no me
0: either dude that's a that's a pretty fucking bad one man i'm sure they're all pretty bad but the torture for two hours that's fucking rough yeah did Mm -hmm. you um did you ever see that billy holiday biopic Mm-hmm. Um, dude, it's on Hulu. You should absolutely watch it. I, I remember you telling me a long time yes, ago. and I had no idea. I'd never, because I I don't really know too much Billie Holiday. I mm-hmm. don't know too much of that old. I mean, now I'm gonna definitely, especially after covering jazz, like yeah. I'm definitely gonna get like on board with that. But, um, I had no idea she had a a song called "Strange Fruit," and that's kind mm-hmm. of what the movie is about. And it's about lynchings, basically. Yeah. Like this tree grows a strange fruit and. Just she was like was totally censored, like forbidden from singing that song when she played, and like they she'd get fucking arrested for singing for the, the songs. Crazy,
1: yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I had never known that until like I think when it came out, and yeah. then like when you re-listened to it, it's just like wow, like mm-hmm. it's, not, it's like a different song. Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Um, and I'm sorry I got so excited about W E B Du Bois. Oh, like. I meant to mention him and like the Omaha thing. Uh And especially cause the red summer, like him dealing with Woodrow Wilson. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the co-founder of the NAACP and, uh, you know, just how important he was to, to like, trying to fight for rights like full-blown activists yeah
1: that's why i mentioned him just because like i obviously there was like yeah him and that um elizabeth freeman chick like yeah i felt like they were really important like i wanted to say more about them but i was like this is gonna be
0: yeah a whole nother story (laughs) that was kind of it too like the last time i was like totally running out of time yeah and then this time um i first wanted to say i'm really sorry i did not get to archive 81 oh it's okay because this story took this took at least like no i think i'd put at least eight hours into this it was insane and then like so originally we were going to try to record thursday you know we're recording today whatever but like wednesday night i realized there's a ken burns documentary like docuseries and it's like have you ever watched any of his stuff Mm -mm. long dude they are long (laughs) several episodes often each episode being an hour and a half to two hours long And I'm like, oh, my God, jazz, Ken Burns, cool. And I click on it, and it's, like, literally, I think, eight episodes. And each episode is, yeah, an hour and a half to two hours long. And I was like, "Uh, I think I'm barely going to scratch the surface of jazz. And it's true. I'm barely going to scratch the surface because this is, like, such a rich history there's yeah. so much information as always you know how it goes yeah um okay i thought it would it would have
1: been cool just like a little side note to do like the history of skating because i know it was like very like uh-huh. it was like kind of like a thing that like just like black people kind uh-huh. of like really like took and like made their own and, yeah like, all the, like, dancing and everything like that like that would have been like kind of a cool little
0: Right to do but yeah I don't know anyways no hey there's still time we can still (laughs) totally do it um so this week I'm going to cover the history of jazz and specifically in New Orleans because I think we all know that's basically where I came from um and just how influenced it was by everything else so my sources that Ken Burns documentary called jazz that I talked about Um, this week in history podcast which is where I first learned about the original Dixieland jazz band and um King Keppard, I think um so like That was my first introduction to it. I thought it was a fascinating story. Um, A Smithsonian article by Joshua Rothman, and then another article by John Hassey, Britannica, History.com, and a few um, Nationalparkservice.com articles. Uh, Okay, so jazz is really a purely American in the sense that it didn't come from just one place. So the fun about jazz is the art of improvisation. Oh my gosh, improvisation. Um, The magic of the development of the style and music uh, was the world that was created and how intertwined with culture, politics, history, and how unique the style is. No one else in the world, like literally nowhere else in the world could have came up with jazz. It really could have only been born in New Orleans, really, just because of like where they were located and their rich history. So it transcended race, gender, and social class. Um, The quickest history of a city ever about New Orleans in general, uh, it was especially unique for back in the day it was founded in 1717 by french who took it from you know local indians as white people typically did so they envisioned it being a major port and they were completely right to this day it's actually one of the busiest and most important ports in the u.s um in just a shoe for i'm sorry in just a short few years of having the land they secretly gave it to spain i guess just to make sure the british couldn't get their hands on it After a while, Spain gave it back to France, and then 20 days later, after France got it back, they sold it to the U.S. in, you guessed it, the Louisiana Purchase. Um, New Orleans is where the final battle of the War of 1812 was fought, I guess, where a ragtag group of soldiers and militiamen led by Andrew Jackson, uh, where admittedly he did kick a lot of ass, so... In this last battle, the Brits lost 2,000 men, Andrew Jackson lost less than 100 men, so not too bad. Um, In any case, in New Orleans, uh, it became one of the wealthiest and largest cities in the U.S. back in the day. In less than 100 years, the city had grown to 8,000 people, much more than the measly 470 residing um, back in the 1720s. So the city at the time was made up of 4,000 white people, 2,700 enslaved people, 1,300 free people of color, And the city of New Orleans had one of the largest slave markets, unfortunately, where more than 135,000 people were bought and sold, specifically in uh, New Orleans. So the city truly brought in every type of person, honest folk, looking for honest work. Pirates, adventurers, profit seekers, and everything else in between from all over the world. And they were living in really close proximity with one another. And there were no racial boundaries. Um, New Orleans was a rarity because it was one of the only places in the U.S. and maybe even only like the only place in the U.S. um, that allowed slaves to still be able to practice their religion and keep their music. Um, In Congo squares where slaves were able to gather every Sunday, they would meet, allowing white people kind of a glimpse into their lives from back home. And, um, yeah, whether that be, um, people from Africa or the Caribbean or even other slaves that had been sold from the U.S. that were familiar with American customs, and they would often bring, like, spiritual and gospel, uh, gospel sounds to the mix. So New Orleans lived music as le- early as the 1830s. Oh, fuck. Sorry. <laughs> 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 fuck. New Orleans loved music. As early as the 1830s, it was well known that the city had a love of brass instruments. Um, it was a place where all were welcome to join in and dance and rev- race was like never an issue. To prove how much New Orleans loved music, they had three opera houses and two professional symphony orchestras. They were not messing around. So music was serious business for those that were Creole, especially. um, So Creole were people that had mixed ethnicity that hailed back from France and Spain. And basically it was like their ancestors that had affairs with um, the black population in new Orleans. Um, But the Creole typically identified with their European heritage rather than their African heritage. And there were plenty of rich Creole in the area and uh, It was, I don't know why it was surprising, but a lot of them were, like, professionally trained in music. They were, like, classically trained. They were, like, really passionate about music. Um, despite everyone living in close proximity did not mean that ugly stereotypes didn't exist. White people would often perform with minstrel tunes, where they would dress up in blackface and perform in, like, fairly offensive ways. Very stereotypical, hey, we're black and, like, we're acting crazy, um this was like a very normal thing to see if black musicians wanted to perform music, they would often also have to contribute to like these stupid shows to make ends meet. Um, But another unique thing that new Orleans had that other cities didn't uh, were the big brass bands that would play at funerals. They like loved marching bands in new Orleans. And it was actually like fairly popular at the time in general, people like were freaking out over marching bands, but new Orleans would play it with at funerals. And I guess, have you ever heard of benevolent societies? Mm-mm. So like, like you talking about the Seed House, I was like, what the fuck yeah. is a benevolent <laughs> society? So I guess this was like, uh, and I, it, I couldn't tell if they're like, they still exist today or not. I was confused about that. But at least what it was back then, it was a fund that black communities would come up with to help other people pay for doctors and funeral expenses. Hmm. Because black people were not allowed to have life insurance but white people were. Um, so after the Civil War, there was quite a bit of f- uh, freedom for formal s- former slaves. New Orleans, once again, was a rarity in the South in that while every other state was passing Jim Crow laws, the city was still functioning as it always had, so there was still plenty of integration. Um, after a while, former slaves would flock to New Orleans because Jim Crow hadn't quite reached it there yet, and they would bring the sound of the blues, which, like, I guess that really hails from, like, Mississippi, Missouri area. Mm-hmm. Um and it like it hadn't really been heard before and the blues really is a type of therapy it allowed for flexibility of emotion because of its simplicity um they were also inspired by like military tunes so like the really heavy horn notes um but uh yeah they just they took that commanding note and they added a vibrato to it and that was like kind of like whoa what the fuck is this um In the 1890s, New Orleans could no longer repel the ugly side of humanity, Jim Crow finally saturating the city. Around the same time, though, ragtime is becoming more popular all over the U.S., and I think probably the world, but I can't totally remember, Uh, but most importantly, New Orleans. So ragtime encompassed African-American banjo style, old minstrel show songs, and syncopated dance rhythms. So ragtime in general was hated by older generations because it was different. So obviously it's garbage, right? Mm-hmm. So this is a quote from a stuffy old person. Ragtime is syncopation gone mad and its victims, in my opinion, can be treated successfully only like a dog with rabies with a dose of lead.
1: Oh my God. He did not <laughs> like
0: ragtime, dude. Wow. He ain't got no time for that shit. Uh, so, unfortunately, for the next 60 years, New Orleans would be a segregated city. Then New Orleans passed, uh, like, the most fucking bullshit law I've ever heard in my life. If your grandfather was a slave, literally pretty much every single black yeah. person had a grandfather that was a slave, you were not allowed to vote. So the bill, the new bullshit bill, it went from, like, a 95%, um, which what do I call it? What is the word I'm looking for? I don't know. (laughs) Okay, so 95% of the black men in that area were able to vote at the time. Uh Women couldn't vote yet. Okay. But um, they were allowed to vote. 95% were eligible to vote. Um, After the law was passed, literally less than 1% were allowed to vote. So, whoa. Yeah, right? Just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Uh, So now Creoles, who had always identified as either French or Spanish, were told, like, nope, you're black, and then just immediately went to second-class citizens, like, overnight. So a lot of Creole, you know, like I said, had been classically trained, and since they were no longer welcome in white venues, they ended up playing in black-owned ones. And they brought in a technical sound that influenced the music of the city, especially the brass instruments. That's kind of where they think that vibrato came from. Like that hadn't really been considered until you get these classically trained people who are doing like classically trained things that you hadn't maybe considered before. Um, so yeah. Yeah. With younger generations wanting more rhythm from the typical, like, stuffy waltzes, the polkas, and other music where you had to, like, have coordinated dancing, they, like, welcomed fervently the new incorporation of marching band, brass instruments, and the deep sound of the bass and sick beats of the drums. So people absolutely loved it. It allowed for spontaneous and improvised dancing in large groups versus like a few couples doing twirly routines mm-hmm. on the floor, you know? Um, so this is really what set, set the stage. And not just as a specific player, um, Buddy Bolden, Um, who also went by King Bolden because of his aggressive aggressive music style, and that really caught people's ears. Uh, He put a spirit and liveliness into it that wasn't really known at the time, and he was a cornetist, which is a smaller, high-pitched trumpet. Um, A lot of people credit Bolden as the father of jazz um, because he just did it better than everybody else. So jazz was about chemistry. It was about being able to make improvised, unifying decisions. Um, He was known for playing at the... So they did change the name. Because of a song he played, but they renamed it to the Funky Butt Dance Hall, (laughs) which is, like, fucking awesome. Like, you know you're going to party hard at the Funky Butt Dance Hall. Uh, So, yeah, he was so loved. Like, even kids would hang around his home just to hear him practice because he was like, oh, he's doing such new, unique things. Um, But Buddy Bolden's genius came at a price, as some musicians do. Buddy drank heavily, and he was probably also suffering from mental illness. So you know as the years went on he would he was like muttering to himself he couldn't stop arguing with his bandmates like he was always paranoid like yes. people are out to get me they're stealing my music um so in september of 1906 buddy was an, unable to perform because of just general fears and anxieties and soon after he was sadly committed to an insane asylum where he spent uh the rest of his life wow. so but jazz continues to move on of course um the sound of jazz was bringing in musicians from all over, hoping to be a part of this big scene. That's like this big new music scene. People like really want to jump in on it. Um, So just because the sound was popular, didn't mean it was appreciated everywhere else. So some bad bands did try to tour, but with very little success. Uh, The first band to try it out was the Creole Orchestra band. Uh, They took to the road with a little show for it in the end. An LA review for the band said it was a vile imitation of music. So like, It's real mixed, you Mm -hmm. know, like, people in the city love it, but when they try to take it out, people are, like, really hesitant. And then the other problem, too, is, like, when they play these big halls, like, everybody's seated. Remember, like, that Alice in Chains concert, right? It's, like, not that you're not enjoying it, but it's, like, this is kind of lame, you know? So it's, like, it's not really catching on because, like, that's, that, like... You know, that um, they're not being able to feed off the crowd as much. There's not as much interaction. So it's, like, just kind of petering out a little bit. And then the other issue is that a lot of these bands are black, and that kind of did make it more difficult to play in certain areas. So there were plenty of dickheads that didn't like the music just because of who was playing it. Of course, like, that's people of color. So people would refer to it as ratty or gut bucket music, which is, like... I don't know. That Ooh, seems pretty harsh, yeah. man. Gut bucket music. <laughs> um, other people thought that that shit was fire, though. And the word jazz. Originally, it was spelled J A S S. Then, oh. like J A S C. I feel like I've seen the J A S S. and I was like, what? Like, yeah, that's like originally how huh. how it was spelled. Um. So, this is like kind of crazy. The the rumor, the like urban legend, is that it comes from because like prostitutes were known for wearing Jasmine perfume because jazz often had to be played at kind of like seedy establishments sometimes because like, you know, it's, mm-hmm. where where else are you going to play? So, but to this day, no one actually really knows where the word jazz comes from. It's like perfect for the... Right? right. <laughs> That's right, my jasmine perfume. <laughs> um, other musicians would flow in and out of New Orleans, taking the heart and soul of jazz to the rest of the country, where other regions could add their own hometown flair to it. Like, there's, I guess there's different types of jazz. There's like St. Louis jazz and... Chicago jazz and there's like just kind of different little twists on it um so but not everybody appreciated that so it really did terrify white parents like I know you probably don't remember it but like I remember being a kid in the 90s when rap music was like really becoming popular and the fucking absolute meltdown white parents were having over their kids listening to this black music. Like, you're turning our kids into violent gangsters. It was like this same fucking mentality, dude. So sad. So, yeah, they literally said they were scared their children were being Africanized. And if you can imagine, some other less savory phrases that they probably used as well. So this is a quote from the New York Herald. This is mind blowing, dude. Just get ready for it. Can it be said that America is falling prey to the collective soul uh, of the Negro through the influence of what is popularly known as ragtime music? If there is any tendency towards such a natural disaster, it should be definitely pointed out and extreme measures taken to inhibit the influence and uh, avert the increasing danger if it has not already gone too far. American ragtime music is symbolic of the primitive morality and perceptible moral limitations of the Negro type somebody wrote wow. that for a newspaper <laughs> wow. so oh. i know i shouldn't be shocked but like when yeah. you're reading it's like it's still shocking um, so here's the difference between being a white musician um, playing jazz versus a black musician, especially when it come, came to, like, doing it professionally. So though the phonograph had been around for at least a decade, no one had really thought to record jazz yet, but the task was complicated. So not too much jazz had been written down officially at that point. There is a man, though. His name is Jelly Roll Morton. <laughs> and he was really, the f- like, the first guy to actually, like, write down and, like, compose jazz, like, music sheets mm-hmm. that, like, literally no one had done that before. So hmm. Jelly Roll Morton, that guy, he did it. And he was, like, kind of showy, too. I guess he would boast, like, oh, I created jazz. Like, no, no one believed yeah. him. But, he, you know, he would just, like, talk a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, but I guess at the time, really, the only things that had been recorded were opera and marching bands. So, like, that's not very exciting. Yeah, um, That's pretty lame, actually. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, Mom, you don't have to put on. I don't need to hear marching yeah. bands again, please. Uh, an offer is made to the original Creole band, led by cornetist King Keppard. So he was known at the time for his powerful notes and unique combinations. And to keep his sound original, and I guess, like, like the good players would do this he put a handkerchief over his hand when he played so that no one would know like what notes he was doing (laughs) so they would yeah dude was like fuck yeah man um so kepper did turn down oh wait oh yeah so they offered him they said hey do you want to be the first one recorded and he did turn it down for several reasons one of them being that he was nervous that his sound would be stolen Mm. which i guess was like typical at the time because like people would go listen they'd watch your notes and then yeah. they'd go fucking like play it off as their own because like who what are you gonna do about yeah. it um so yeah so he yeah he just didn't really like that and then plus everything was improvised they wouldn't be able to like practice i mean it i mean that doesn't matter like jazz players usually don't care about yeah. that but i don't know he, they didn't know how that would go over at the record company because like they'd never be able to replicate it again mm-hmm. like we did it once and yeah. that's it um The biggest concern, though, was money. So like most bands today, they made a majority of their money touring. And because recording is so new, there's this idea that if people play music in their homes, they won't come out to the venues to see live shows. And like, of course, now that seems crazy. But like back then, it's, you know, it's a real fear. Like, oh, no, but they won't have to come see yeah. me. So they're just going to hang out at home. So the record company would pay King Keppard $25 up front and his bandmates mates, um, $15 each with no royalties. So that's it. One time. That's mm-hmm. it. Uh, Keppard reportedly told the music studio that he spent more in one night on whiskey alone. So he'd pass, (laughs) which is like, well, Hey, fuck. Yeah, man. Uh, and it's sad. The original Creole band was never recorded. Um, but this did not deter the music company. So instead they turned to an all white band out of new Orleans called the original Dixieland jazz band. And they were pretty popular in New York and they were playing a bunch of gigs there. And I guess they got paid. So like, this is crazy. In New York, they were getting paid as much as $750 a night. Whoa. And which is around $15,000 today. And on the billboards of the venues that they played, they would make the claims that they were the creators of jazz. Yeah. Fucking yeah. dicks. Um, so the same company that offered Keppard his joke offer gave the original dixieland jazz band almost four times as much plus royalties Mm. so the sad truth of the matter is that with an all-white band on the front it did mean sadly again that they would probably sell more records than having black people on the record so in the end the record sold over two hundred and fifty thousand copies pretty quickly i remember hearing someone say a million copies so Hmm. a lot of copies yeah and they were sold at 75 cents per copy, um, which was more than any other record had been sold. So people were like really embracing the sound. Um, yeah. And especially like the younger generations, unfortunately, um, the band's front man of the original Dixieland jazz band. Shit. Sorry. I burped. Um, Nick LaRocca. He was a lying douche. LaRocca claimed that, and he claimed this until the day he died, that him and his band they invented jazz and that black people were too inferior to come up with such no. a sound on their own and they the only reason black people were successful at the sound was because they were copying white people no. so that was the ugly side of jazz and um i know it might be shocking that literally took me like 8 hours to fucking no. come up with man uh it was pretty cool though when they were showing um there is i think some footage of them actually recording them recording their their album or something um so like i guess what they had to do because they were they would record it on wax the room had to be just hot enough to keep the wax like pliable so that they could carve into it with the sound and then like the recording equipment fucking crazy because it's all so primitive it like you know those old ear horns like yeah eh? (laughs) like it's basically like that it just looks like they're playing it into like traffic cones basically And, uh, oh, and they were told they were not allowed to tap their feet because it would mess with the... Yeah, uh, seriously. Yeah, so they're just, like, having to, like, try their best. Oh, and the, sorry, the last interesting thing about it was because it was a recording and, like, there's only limited space, they actually had to, like, they were told they had to play faster. So, like, that might be the one thing that's different about what they did versus other people was theirs was faster, literally, just so they could fit more music onto the record. And, like, that was it.
1: Do you know, so on that... when they would record on wax, it was like paper, or? I'm not
0: totally sure. Because I
1: found these weird things. This is like random at the thrift store, and they looked like little like tubes. And when I opened it, it was just like paper, and it looked it just like blank paper. Crazy. And I was like, what is this? But then when I looked, it, ha- it had like the name of like a song or something. What the on fuck? It. And then I was like, what the fuck is this? I was so confused, and I didn't know what it was.
0: But... I don't know. I want you to go buy it. Okay. <laughs> we need to examine <laughs> this. Um. That, unfortunately, was as much jazz as I could cover. That's cool, though. Um, But it... Because, like, the Like, into the... I only watched the first episode of that, Ken Burns. It was still, like, two hours. Maybe we can do a jazz part, two, Right? (laughs) And get into, like... Because they were just getting into Louis Armstrong. It was like, damn! Um, But I I had to go on Spotify to, like, download. I was like, yeah, I don't have any Louis Armstrong on my shit. So I, you know, I liked some. I was fucking shocked, dude. Um... What a Wonderful World, yeah. has over 350 million, oh. like, yeah. what do you call it, likes? Downloads. Whatever. I was like, holy yeah, shit. Like... Out of care, I don't know if, like, honestly, I wonder if that's, like, about what the Beatles have. Yeah. Like, literally. But that would shock me because it's such an older sound. Yeah. And it's jazz. And it's, like, that old-timey. I love his uh, voice. Oh, my God. Me, too. Holy shit. And then it just made me realize I need to, like, up my... I don't know. I feel yeah. like a philistine with my music. <laughs> I've got like Foo Fighters, and Nirvana, <laughs> but no, no fancy things. Yeah. So.
1: Oh, that's pretty cool, though.
0: Yeah. I hope it was interesting. I enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you? Okay. Cool. <laughs> Thank God. You don't have to lie to me, Laura. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> fuck. I mean, it's ran over quite a bit. Yeah. Do you Do you want to call it?
1: Yeah, I'm good. So. Okay.
0: Goodbye, young ones.
1: And don't lick. Poisonous Toads. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.